Hello, I'm really glad you've joined us online. God gives us life, he blesses us with it, and then he wants to help us learn through trial and error. And that means that life is a little like a science lab. In chemistry lab, you learn what things blow up and what mixes well together. And as we walk through life, God really wants to help us avoid the pain of blowing things up in our relationships, at work, and in any arena. And he wants to help us not repeat the same mistakes. He also hopes that the difficulty we experience in life draws us toward himself. God wants you and I to discover that all paths aren't equal. They aren't the same. Some choices are better than others. Some are wise and some are foolish. Some people have not only failed to find wisdom, but they have despised it. They've rejected God, his ways, and his wisdom. And that's unfortunate, and we'll see why later in this message. In this series, I'm speaking to those who are trying to please God, and also those who are considering what it means to have a relationship with God and help you work through life and learn from Him the best way to live life. In the Bible, you see a real advantage of wisdom. Wisdom gives you an edge in life. Here's a passage that talks about this, Ecclesiastes 10, 8 through 11. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stones is hurt by them, and he who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one succeed. If the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. Let's walk through this passage and see what it's saying. First, it's saying randomness happens. Ecclesiastes 10:8 and 9. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stones is hurt by them, and he who splits logs is endangered by them. Some think these are examples of people who are trying to do harm. They're trying to do evil. The pit being a trap and breaking through a wall as trespassing or attacking someone else. But it's not completely clear. You could be digging, digging a pit for a good purpose like a luau with you know the you're going to barbecue a pig that would that would be awesome or breaking down a wall on your own property to build another one or rearrange things or whatever either way what this passage is saying is there are unintended consequences and randomness that happens when we do stuff <laughs> that's the way it is this summer we took a vacation, Cindy and I, to help our daughter and her husband, Lindsay and Luke, uh, in Texas to move into their new home. 
and I decided to help by replacing all the plugs in the house. And I had done that on my own house. My dad was an electrician, which I didn't gain any of his expertise. Uh, expertise It didn't come through osmosis. But my goal to replace all these plugs, it's, it's, it was a good goal. It was a good thing. Early in the pro- process, though, I tested a wire, which I tested all the wires. You'll be encouraged to know that I wasn't foolish enough to go without testing the wires. But I tested a wire. It wasn't hot. It didn't have electricity flowing through it as far as I know. But then when I cut into it, I completely fried my finger because it was hot. And it it was a different kind of wire. Somebody with experience probably would have known not to cut into it. But uh, I... I did, and I paid, and I wish I could have a do-over on that. That's the way it is. There are unintended consequences for many things we do. Random things happen, and as soon as they do, you want a do-over. Randomness happens in life. That's what this passage is saying. Next, a dull axe makes more work. Ecclesiastes 10.10 If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one succeed. What's the difference between a sharp axe and a dull one? Dull axe blades tend to glance or bounce, and it requires more strength to cut the wood. Now, I am in no way a lumberjack, but I have chopped a little wood and I can verify this. This, this is true. It, it takes a lot more strength if you, don't, if you have a dull axe. Time spent sharpening the edge of the axe allows you to get more done in chopping wood. It literally gives you an edge. It really helps. The point of this passage is the difference between a sharp person and a dull person. What is it? It's wisdom. Wisdom gives you the edge that brings true, real success in life. You don't just live life repeating the same mistakes, but you learn from them by allowing God to instruct you through His Word and through His Spirit. A dull person works much harder to get the same things done as a sharp person. We must sharpen ourselves if we don't want to just spin our wheels in life. The passage also tells us a slack hand misses opportunity. Verse 11, If the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. A snake charmer has skills that I don't want or need. That's for sure. They are able to handle a very difficult matter, literally. I would not care to charm or handle a snake. Their work, though, will bite them if they're slack in it. The principle in this verse is don't be tardy and go slack in handling your responsibilities or you're going to get bit. You will miss opportunities and your delay 
will hurt you. For example, harmful, harmful patterns that are developing in your kid's life because you failed to discipline them early uh, when they were young and more uh, pliable, that hurts you. That bites you. And it there's hope for them at any point uh, along their development, but it is more difficult. It makes it harder. The the you know as you begin to discipline later, it takes more work. It's it's more difficult. Problems at work can multiply because you're putting things off that should be done now, and they just grow and grow and grow. A wise person is sharper than that. They take initiative. In fact, the, so the, the Bible's perspective is that the ultimate priority is getting wisdom. There is consistency throughout the Bible on the value of wisdom. Proverbs 4.7 says, Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Many people aren't pursuing wisdom. They, they haven't seen the value of it. And in this message and series, we're going to talk about its value and how it helps and its importance and priority. Scripture says wisdom is a priority over silver and gold. It is to be desired above rubies, which were the diamonds in that day in Israel. And we're told, in fact, in a passage of Scripture, well, this passage, that it's worth spending everything you have to get wisdom. Practice, practically, what this means is, Spending money to get wisdom. We do that by books, uh, going to conferences, focusing on many things. Many people in our congregation have spent money to attend wisdom conferences and other conferences, marriage retreats, parenting seminars, and other opportunities to learn what the Bible says about the different arenas of life. It appears that a primary use for money is to get wisdom. That's important to understand. So where do I find wisdom? Many people are looking for wisdom in the wrong places. But wisdom flows from its source. Proverbs 2, 6-8 tells us its source. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. That's why it's a bummer when someone rejects God and his ways and his word because that rejection impacts the rest of their lives. He is the source. God is the source of wisdom and making sense out of life. And so we need to go to the source to understand it. We need to dig into 
his word and understand him better and better through it. Many of the people who are leading our country and teaching in our universities and other schools have rejected God as the author of life and source of wisdom. They've rejected him and the Bible, his word. But God and his word are the source of true, real wisdom. This approach, this rejection is showing up in many ways in our country. In matters of sexuality, our culture has gone astray of the teachings of Scripture. There are only two sexes, male and female, in the Bible, but now there are maybe 50 sexes. There are a lot of options on some forms uh, that you fill out, and there's only two according to the scripture. The popular ideas about marriage and family, that moms and dads, you know, basically that moms and dads are just interchangeable parts, that's not biblical. Both moms and dads are needed in a child's life. Wisdom starts at the source. Now, there is a reality that marriages break up and our church really wants to help families who are, are, you know, have experienced that kind of loss. However, it's clearly better if mom and dad are both teaming together in raising their kids. Current social justice movement, in, in that, people have created theories that are actually anti-biblical. And the biblical way, the biblical approach to justice is the only way to experience justice. This is ruining lives. Many people are going off the rails and heading for a massive train wreck. God is the source of real wisdom. He made life and designed it to work best his way. He has been gracious also to show us how it works best in Scripture. So, we get into it. We go to the source. We go to God. We ask Him for help. We go to the source of wisdom for the good that He wants us to experience. And we spend precious time and money for training in handling scripture and learning how the Bible applies to different arenas in life. The scripture says, if it costs everything you have, it's worth it. If it, if it costs you everything you've got to get wisdom, pay it out. Do it right now. I want to encourage you today, as I wrap up, make a habit of reflecting on your life. Take a pause and let God speak to you through his word and let his spirit highlight the truths of scripture that guide you. This way you won't live the same day repeating mistakes like 
Groundhog Day, the movie. You know, that was interesting. We don't get a do-over, though. We have one life, and we live it, and we, we, we need wisdom to make the most of it. So I, I, I want to encourage you. The way to make progress is to stop the merry-go-round and think about what is happening in your life. Reflect. Repeated disappointment and discouragement can spiral into being depressed. We may have an emotional and occasional burst of happiness. Maybe we listen to a preacher that pumps us up and we're motivated for a time. But the wind quickly goes out of our cells as we're disappointed again. As something happens and we can't make sense of it. God wants to lead us out of the folly of repeating the same days and years over and over and over again. And he does that through reflecting on his word and listening to him through prayer. Listening to his Holy Spirit. Listening to the Spirit within us. If you're a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. And he wants to guide you and teach you in all truth. And so, we need to step back to do that. We, we need to reflect on what is the best choice to make and rehash our days enough to consider what could have gone better after we've lived a day, after we've experienced maybe an incident of some kind, conflict, uh, emotional struggle or just something goes wrong at work we need to take the time to think about what we could have done to help it go better now there's not always a random randomness happens we can't always make it go better but god through the scriptures wants to help with this he he really wants us to get wisdom so at one point in his life, Moses made a choice that really cost him. He was leading the people out of slavery, and the people grew thirsty and hungry while they were wandering in the wilderness, and they started complaining and belly aching and arguing amongst themselves. And God heard this, and he gave Moses, graciously gave Moses, a plan for providing water for the people. They were primary, primarily thirsty at this point. And basically, what God commanded Moses to do was speak to the rock. But instead of just speaking to a rock, he struck the rock instead out of anger. And basically what he did is he ignored God's commands and he struck the rock in anger. And by doing that, he left God completely out of the picture by refusing to follow his guidance. We, we do that a lot. The consequence of disobeying God was that he wasn't allowed, Moses was not allowed to bring the people into the promised land that he was leading to, leading them to. So he, he saw it, God gave him a glimpse, but he couldn't go. 
into the promised land. But if Moses would have paused and thought carefully about God, about what God had instructed him to do, he likely wouldn't have blown it. That wouldn't have blown up on him. As I wrap up the message, I want to invite you to pause daily and reflect on what God has said to you in his word after the day, maybe, or the next morning of a day. Think about the day prior and look over what God has said in his word and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. This has been a real help to me. I, for instance, I, I don't like dealing with details. and But I have a lot of details to take care of. And they do make ministry and family life go much better. And any kind of work, you, you need to handle the details. You need to be careful with them. And I was reflecting on that after one day uh, recently. And... I remembered that God is a God of order. If you see the way he set up the tabernacle and ordered things so that the Israelites could move it as they were wandering around the wilderness, it, it's, a, it's a study in being careful with the details. And I know this about God. He wants us to move forward to handle the details of our stewardships in an orderly way. That's what pleases him. And it's a small thing, but that motivates me to handle the details of life. And so as I reflected on that, I got motivated to to pay attention to the details. And I don't like that, but God is a God of order. And he takes care of the small details in our lives and pays attention to to them and he wants us to do that as well so i want to encourage you take take a pause to reflect ask questions about specific things in your life like relational conflicts problems other difficulties where you aren't motivated and think about what god would have you do Ask yourself some questions. What was I trying to accomplish through the choice I made? Were the emotions, were my emotions driving my choices in this instance? How does that align with God's goals? How does what I did align with goals, God's goal for these kinds of situations? And what should I do differently next time? in a similar situation. Just taking the time to step back and evaluate what happened during the day or the day before really adds a lot of value in terms of learning wisdom and processing what God is saying to you. It is so important to take time to reflect on what is happening in your life. So you can let the Word of God and His Spirit help you grow in wisdom. God wants to help you make real progress in life. He he wants to help you move toward the goals, the good goals that will bring His blessing 
in life. And he does that as you pause to reflect. You pray and read the Bible. You get into his word and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So I want to encourage you. Take a next step based on what God has said to you through his word today. Think about that and step out to do what God has shown you to do. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for your kindness, your grace, and your love. You you are gracious. Help us to grow. You are so gracious to help us learn through the laboratory of life what it is to please you. Help us to learn that. Help us to pause and reflect and think about uh, what's going on in our lives and hear from you. Get into your word. Hear from you. Holy Spirit, teach us and guide us and help us to take the next steps that you've laid on our heart today. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, and I praise you, Lord. Amen.